Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And uh, this is my 23rd year, I think, hosting Computer Talk with Tab. And uh, Bob's been with us now over how many how many years have you done it here with us, Bob? Uh, now uh, in here, yeah, I, I don't remember. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and uh, over at Tab, I'll be starting my 28th year uh, working at Tab Computer Systems, and Tab is celebrating its 35th year. Uh, in business, uh, which is something to say here in Connecticut. Um, so we're pretty happy and uh, proud that we have been able to survive the ups and downs of Connecticut and uh, helping small businesses uh, with their computer issues and problems. We support uh, over 400 small to mid-sized businesses in Connecticut uh, with their IT needs. So it is the year 2018. I know I was telling you guys that I'd be falling down a mountain in Vermont this weekend. However, it's cold. I mean, it's really cold. So uh, instead of bringing my family up there to get frostbite on their nose, we decided to uh, go another weekend. And uh, so I'm here uh, live with you, and Bob's here with us as well, Bob Shorey. He's uh, one of the MCSEs that comes in and helps us out uh, with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and uh, we will do our best. We already have some calls coming in. In the news, so this is kind of a big one. Um, the the boys at Intel have boo boo, pretty major one, and uh, it's a critical flaw that's been in every Intel chip since 1995, <laughs> pretty much since we've been doing this program. Um, and uh, you're affected. Oh yes, by the way, if you have an Apple device, you guys use Intel too. <laughs> You have Intel inside. Ding, 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 ding. Well, with uh, the exception of Itanium and Atom before 2013. Yeah. <laughs> Most chips are affected. So uh, now everyone's running out and trying to mitigate these issues. Now, these these issues, they're calling them – we'll put some links up here for you. It's it's called Meltdown and uh, uh, Spectra. Spectre. And, yes. Like – James Bond. Yeah, and uh, be, be be aware here that uh, these flaws are not easy to take advantage of by the hackers. And the only reason we're even hearing about this, this whole uh, issue is supposed to have been embargoed. Well, that's a big media term for keeping it hidden from the public until the 9th of January when all these big manufacturers of software were supposed to have updates and patches sent out, you know, Patch Tuesday. And uh, the register... The, the the site I talk about a lot out there in the UK decided to break the story a little early, um, so it's been in the news and everyone's running around telling you your computer is vulnerable. It technically is okay. <laughs> well, they had to get the scoop on everybody else, right? Right. <laughs> so the you know you're, you've got a, a problem in your processor that that dates back to 1995, 
And uh, basically, it allows hackers to look at areas of the processor that were always deemed secure and safe, uh, core areas of the processor, right? And if a hacker was able to, you know, even a low-level user on your system who had low-level access uh, could be running um, a website and hit a JavaScript that actually could take advantage of this um, vulnerability and view data that would be on that person's computer, whether whatever they're working on, it could have been could be any kind of data. It could it could it could grab that's in that core resident area uh, of the uh, system. So, what should you do? Well, not a whole lot. Just make sure your patches come down. And antivirus software out there right now is dealing with the fact that they were not expecting an update to come down. So they're looking for a registry key, a registry key change. And some antivirus software is ready to take it. Some of it's not. And uh, so you could find that your your AV product is blocking an update from Microsoft that's trying to patch you from the Intel vi- uh, Intel vulnerability. <laughs> <laughs> it's an IT fun. Um, so, you know, you'll find in the next few days, <clears throat> excuse me, that these uh, updates will come down and this this flaw will be mitigated. Now, this is a this is a physical flaw. <clears throat> from what I understand. So, yeah, it's built into the architecture of the uh, chip. Right. So to, to truly fix it, you're pulling out your old chip and putting in your new one. Um, that's going to be impractical because this is affecting billions, with a B, of devices, right? So the problem is that the mitigation is going to drop your performance. They're putting kind of a prophylactic protection on your CPU that could drastically reduce its its ability to perform. So if you have an older, slower computer... <laughs> Time to upgrade. <laughs> it might get even slower. Yeah. Um, but I would wait until the uh, new processors come out with this fix um, built in. So you could find exactly right. So even like we joke about i3s, you know, how, how low-performing they are. They're going to be even more low-performing when this update comes down. Uh, to protect you. Again, your Apple devices, yes. iPads, yes. iPhones, yes. Uh, they're all impacted. Linux, yes. You know, sorry guys, every device is impacted. Um, uh, the only thing it's not, and this is kind of kind of funny, I'm going to give props to AMD. So since the show started, we've always been an Intel shop, you know, at Tab. It's been our experience, so we've been recommending Intel all, uh, all the time. And in this case, so far, now again, there's not a lot of people. There, there's a there's a market for AMD, but it's pretty small. AMD claims that they're not affected, which makes sense because they they are using their own approach to processing, and uh, there's plenty of great AMD processors out there that folks will swear by as far as performance and uh, you know for gaming and stuff like that. So, in this case, AMD isn't affected surely by the fact that you know they they design their own processors versus you know Apple using Intel. Microsoft using Intel, Google using Intel, um, those guys are all infected, uh, affected. Now, there's also a British processor maker called ARM, a British chip chip maker. You didn't, probably didn't even know the British made chips, did you? Um, they also have the same problem. <laughs> so well, they, they might have worked with Intel on some stuff. <laughs> you generally get their chips with their fish. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> wow, that was really bad, Bob. Really bad. Oh well, huh? I come from an older generation. <laughs> yeah. My humor is drier. Um, so they also are affected. Oh, oh, by the way, guess what? The cloud, which by the way runs on other people's servers, other people's systems, other people's hardware, 
uh, big slowdowns on deck as they update all their systems um, to protect against this CPU flaw. And you can see some serious slowdowns there. For instance, any kind of uh, software that that uses that uh, accesses small files, you could see slowdowns of up to fifty percent. Um, that's pretty big. Um, if you're doing just browsing and basic things, you probably won't see much of a slowdown. But if you're doing some serious file access, you might find your your whole system is really dropped in performance. And it affects uh, processors where the uh, virtual machines are enabled, right? As well. Yeah. So it's going to affect everybody, everything, and it's been around since '95. So sorry, guys. Welcome to IT. But it's ironic that it's coming out. I mean, it's been with us forever. Now, way back when, you might remember this. Maybe you won't because uh, you're not a geek and you get better things to do. But Intel's had a problem like this before. Way back in olden times, back in uh, 93-ish time, way back when, uh, just when the Internet was in Al Gore's just a twinkle of his eye, uh, Intel had a problem with its processors and Excel spreadsheets. It wasn't properly calculating the formulas right. There was a, a serious calculation issue with the Intel Pentium processor. And they had to do a massive recall. I do. I remember this. And uh, the folks at Intel recalled massive amounts of processors because when you did a certain calculation within certain software like Excel or what have you, maybe Lotus One Two Three, whenever if you guys remember that, um, it wouldn't calculate right. So almost like not having your clock work on your uh, VCR. You know, if you can't have your computer calculate a formula, what's the point of having it? So they recalled all the processors, and um, what was his name? Andrew Gardner back then? Gardner? Um, the, the CEO back then took all those recall processors and made them into keychains as a reminder and gave them out to the, the employees of Intel to say, hey, guys, you know, we need to survive this big snafu of our company. Um, you know, Good companies can survive and uh, grow and, and, and uh do better after mistakes like this. But it turns out that this mistake has been around since that mistake. <laughs> so uh, they clearly didn't do something right on their testing for the past 20-plus years. Um, it's a little sad, and I'm sorry I have to bring this news to you, but I'm sure other people have talked about it as well. Did you want to bring anything up else, Bob? Yeah, I have a couple of um, articles I thought were pretty good. Yeah. The uh, – U.S. Border Agency searched hmm. 30,200 phones and computers in 2017. Wow. Yeah, the Customs and Border Patrol uh, searched more phones and laptops at the border in 2017, um, and uh, it released those numbers Friday along with updated guidelines on how to conduct the searches. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a hot button. Uh, a lawsuit from the ACLU claims the searches violate constitutional rights to privacy, mm-hmm. but the government says the border searches are exempted from these protections for the sake of national security. Interesting. And um, they, uh, when this uh, law was written into account, I'm just going to uh, paraphrase a little bit. Yeah. They uh, didn't uh, call for uh, having a search warrant for so, folks coming across the border. That's correct. Mm. So. Um, uh, uh, Senator uh, uh, Ron Wyden, a Democrat from Oregon, said 
They were pleased to see that Customs and Border Patrol make public what their policies are for searching the phones. However, he criticized the guidelines for not requesting a a warrant. Mm -hmm. So he called for the agencies to seek warrants, and the senator introduced legislation last year that would have written that requirement into the law. Gotcha. Now, of course, if your systems are encrypted, there's not a whole lot they can do unless they force you to give up that password. Correct. And, and then, of course, they could do something like, well, you're not coming across the border. I guess that's what they could do. Yeah. Um, unless but, you're coming back. <laughs> well. And, and then they won't let you go home. Yeah. So. I, I, would, I don't know. I would assume that would be what they would try to make you do. I right? haven't heard about any of that, but I have heard that reported. So yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Very good. All right. We'll step out for a quick break. we got three lines open for you guys. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock on this frigid First show of 2018. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Feel free to get online. 1-800-953-1080. Uh, 1-800-966-WTIC as well. And uh, we'll do our best to help you out with computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. We're going to get right on the calls here because uh, Paul's been on since before the show started. Morning, Paul. Yeah, good morning, guys. What can we do for you? Uh, I have a Dell laptop that's just about a year old. Okay. Uh, it has a 100 gig solid state drive that I use for the operating system, applications, mm-hmm. and programs, and has a second hard drive, you know, for everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I open my PC or this PC, it has the icon showing the drives, and has a bar showing how how much space is left. The bar for the solid-state drive is red. Yeah, you're, it's a very small solid-state drive you got there from Dell. Yeah, um, and it says whatever, 5 gigabytes free of uh, 100, Yeah, whatever. Um, and I, I opened up the drive, and I was looking through the folder. I can't find anything that takes up that much space. I don't put anything on that drive, right. you know, like, like uh, music or videos or spreadsheets. I don't know what's on there that's taken up all that space. Windows. What a well, Windows. I, I mean, I, I checked the Windows folder, and it's not mm-hmm. that big. No. What, what I would do is uh, download. There's a couple of programs. Uh, well, I was going to ask about that. I, I look for the, some utilities that show details of what's on there, but I'm afraid, you know, to download something I don't know from. Right, right. That's why we're here, Bob, Paul. Go ahead, Bob. So it's, uh, there's a program that's free. It's uh, uh, Tree Size Free is one, and then a WinDIR uh, stat. Stat. Which gives you the directory stats, and it gives you kind of a visual picture okay. of uh, all the files on your yeah. computer and then which folders have the most data. Right. So, so. you can find your temporary files, and you right. can get rid of those. And you can find if you have pictures or movies on the C drive, and you can move them over to your D drive, I'm assuming. Yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been trying to, you know, if I download anything uh, or, or work with spreadsheets or something, I do that on a D so yep. I've been trying to keep it off the C drive, but for yep. some reason it's filled up with junk. In Microsoft itself, I mean, you can do some drive cleanup. It'll actually you can, it'll go in and analyze the drive and see uh-huh. what's out there for temp files right within the, right. The, the, the file cleanup utility that's built into Microsoft itself. So the problem is 128 megabyte, I'm sorry, gigabyte uh, solid-state drive is kind of tiny to begin with. Yeah. It formatted down to about 100 gigs right. for you. Yep. Um, the operating system probably took up, what, about 30 Maybe forty gigs. Well, the other thing too is more than likely your page file is still on that drive, and you could safely move that over to your other drive. It'll okay. slow down your system, though. Well, not by much. But what's no. the, what's the page file? 
The page file is what the operating system uses like a, as a storage, like okay. the, uh, the top of your desk when you spread papers around so you can get organized. So <laughs> well, that's the best way I can describe it, the best okay. analogy yeah. I have. So if you had a desk the size of a pencil, Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to put much stuff down in order to organize what you were doing as you were trying to collect your information. Right. So when you have a bigger uh, size page file, as you're moving things around and organizing them, you know you have re- that room. Yeah. So it's a, like a temporary storage. Okay. Is that is that in the in the uh, Windows folder? Yeah. Well, yeah, it should be within Windows. No, by actually, default. it's it's usually on the root of your C drive. But you okay. can go into the properties and you can just click on it. And actually right. click on your other drive, create the page file, and then um, we, we can post an article how to do that. Then you okay. can get rid of the page file on your, on your uh, SSD drive. Okay. But you have to have a page file or, you, or it won't work. Your oh, computer right. won't work. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's, so, that's, okay. A, that's a potential option. And any software you load um, will be on your C drive. Yeah. Right. So any any applications you loaded, the reason you loaded them on your C drive is to take advantage of the SSD. Sure, because it's fast. Yeah, yeah. So well, I, yeah, I see my my Windows folder is about twenty gigs. Mm-hmm. So basically, the best rule of thumb is you put your static data, like your programs and your operating system, on your SSD drive, and then your volatile data, the stuff that changes that you erase, you put yep. that on your on your scratch conventional yeah. drive. Okay, but I mean, my point is. Maybe I didn't make my point. Yes, I, I went through, I, I did the properties on every folder on the SSD drive, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It only adds up to about 61 gigs. So there's, there's another 40 or 50 gigs on there somewhere that I can't see, and that's why I was looking for the utility yeah. to, no, no, to we understand. show me that stuff. Yeah, those utilities that we brought up would okay. show you that right away. It should show you what's using the space. Okay. Okay, what's been... I will look for those and uh, yeah. give that a shot then. All right, Paul. Being Very that, good. Thanks, being, guys. You're being welcome. that it's visual, it gives you the opportunity to see it and right. find it right away and drill right down to it rather than hunting and pegging, which now, takes a lot of time. Yeah, I'm trying to think, too, if, if possibly Dell has some sort of, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, recovery area on that C drive as well. But could be well, Typically, the they create a separate partition for that, but, you know, who That's knows? true. That's why maybe he's only at 100 gigs versus the 128. Well, it he could have, have 128 gig uh, drive right. that it may have been partitioned off and he may only actually have like 80. Right. Yeah, who knows? You know what I mean? With the reco- considering the uh, recovery partition. Right. So hopefully that helps, Paul. We'll put a link up there for you, Paul, for those t- those tools. And uh, Mike started working on that. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. I know we said we were going to be falling down mountains in Vermont, but we're here today. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll do our best to help you out with computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Um, there's an interesting article in Forbes. Um, iOS 11 has a nasty surprise for Apple and iPhones. Um, as you know, we talked about this last time, and I was trying not to be too giddy about the fact that what Apple has done to you guys is horrible. But uh, I knew they were not a nice company. Um, that's just me. Uh, but there's an interesting article that talks about you know how many millions of iPhones people are not going to go buy now because they can go buy a four dollar battery for either twenty nine bucks from Apple or eighty bucks from Apple uh, to rejuvenate their iPhone six, six S, and seven that's been throttled by Apple as a as a feature. 
So uh, they're talking about you know, what might be happening with Apple down the line if you don't upgrade your iPhone now that it's been rejuvenated with simply a new battery. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, guys. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Lines are wide open on this frigid Saturday morning. Feel free to get online. Uh, 800-953-1080. 1-800-522-WTIC. 800-966-WTIC. Um, we're also podcasted, of course. If you uh, miss the show, you can always get a replay of the program right through uh, WTIC. You can go to their main website or Computer Talk. We'll link up to the podcast. So anything we've talked about, you could get down uh, anytime you want, delivered to your mobile device. Uh, and uh, pretty popular little podcast there. We've got call, uh, listeners all over the country. Um, and some of them call in, which is kind of neat too. So feel free to get online. If you've had any um, issues with your new tech that was given to you over the holiday season, uh, A, I'd love to, love to hear about it. You know, How did it make your life better or worse? Um, how much time did you spend trying to set it up? That kind of stuff. Uh, you know, when it comes to technology and me, it really has to make my life better for me to bother with it. Uh, I get better things to do than try to figure out how to connect my my garage door opener to my cell phone for five bucks a month. Um, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. I can just push the button on my on my uh, rearview mirror and it'll open my garage door. I didn't don't need to be able to open my garage door from my cell phone while driving in uh, down the block. Again, for five bucks a month, <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. <clears throat> so feel free to get online, eight six zero five two two WTIC, and we're here to help you out. Also, uh, just an update: we're digging into Google Project Fi. Um, very happy so far with it. My son, we got him off of Verizon over to Project Fi, and uh, he's doing well with it. Loves it. It's got the Pixel two, and. Um, so far, so good, right? So they're leveraging three different cell services versus the one, um, and Wi-Fi. So he'll be managing just one uh, one gig of data. Uh, as I've told you guys many times, we, as a family of five, share four gigs across Verizon's network, and no, we don't use more than two. And everybody I tell that story to is shocked every time I tell it. But it's true. If you just turn off most of the background data on your apps from updating in the background via the cellular network, you could save gobs of money um, on these cell services that are whacking you. I don't know how much they charge, but you know, 10 bucks or so for every extra gig you use. Uh, so he's going to use Google Project Fi, which will refund him 10 bucks for every gig he doesn't use. Now, he signed up for one gig a month. He's planning on not even using that. Um, so he should end up having an, a monthly bill of you know 20 bucks a month for his cell phone. He wins. Yeah, very affordable. Very affordable. That's why he's an economics manager at UConn. Let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Melissa in Manchester next. Hey, Melissa. Hi. What's Thanks up? for taking my call. Our pleasure. Thanks I, for calling. I had a um, a new laptop, and I had a couple of questions. I know in the past you've mentioned the importance of creating a system restore yep. backup or something like that, and I wanted to know how to go about doing that. Many times it depends on the laptop manufacturer itself. So, what so brand? Is it a brand new Dell? Yes. So there, there should be instruction that came along with it to create that recovery media uh, by default, right, Bob? Is there a certain 
location within the Dell uh, that she can look to find that recovery media? Um, or would it have come in the manual? Do you have any advice well, for that? Well, the her? newer ones typically have it on a partition. Right. And then you can usually access it through a, uh, through the menu. So you go to the okay. start and you go to Dell. Generally, right. there are recovery, recovery options there. So she, she could create the media right there? Yeah, usually when you turn it on the first time, when you get it going and you're finally in there, it'll give you a pop-up that says, uh, we recommend that you, something to the effect of, we recommend that you uh, create restore discs now. Right. And most people just turn it off and forget about it and, you know. To do it later, that's though. Par- that's, that's probably what I did. <laughs> yeah, so for her to do it later, where would you find that, do you think? Well, you'd go up in the, uh, under the Dell menu. Yeah. Because there's a place in there and it'll open that, it'll open up the utility that you would have opened. Yep. If you had clicked on that. and So have some blank discs available, usually burnable DVDs. DVDs, biggest ones you can find. Yeah, and then we then you can create your media. So if you have it. Now, what are you using for a backup, Melissa? Um, I use a, a Seagate or I don't know. I don't even know the brand, but I have a big, you know, just a USB kind of thing. External hard drive plugged into it? Yeah, external, yep. And you're running a program to send the data to that drive? I haven't done it on this machine yet because I've only owned it in less than a month. So okay. I haven't done any backups or anything yet. Okay. So you know how to configure that. Yeah. Okay. I think I can I think I can manage that. Although I get I get frustrated sometimes when I go and I take one that I backed up another computer with and then it has to reconfigure for the new computer. So I'm thinking maybe I should just buy a whole new hard external hard drive for this newer one. Is that recommended? Well, having more than one shot at your data is always recommended. So right now you've just got that one hard drive, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually have a couple of them. I have okay. a couple of external. So, yeah, so having additional is always good so that if you rotate them amongst your machines or rotate them amongst uh, the potential risks. So anything that's connected to that laptop, if it gets hit with crypto, let's say, that drive mm-hmm. could be encrypted too. If, okay. If it's connected. So the beauty of having a few uh, rotational medias is that you can – Always go to the one that wasn't connected and okay. get your data back. So that's kind of handy dandy. So, and then and then um, based on your recommendations before, I did I did do malware bytes. Okay. And this machine and my old one, I get a I don't know two for deal yeah. with them. Yep. And then I tried to do open DNS because I yeah. have all these notes from your old shows. Yeah. But then I couldn't find my password to my router, and then I gave up. And I don't know whether. What I have in place, you know, I have password protected Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Whether that's sufficient or should I? No, no, not okay. sufficient. So Open DNS, you can put it on your firewall, your router, which is what you were trying to do um, right. when you tried to log in, but you forgot your password. I understand that you could recover um, and reset that uh, password and, and get into your firewall again. You should probably do that. Obviously, so just reset my whole router then and. That would be the right way to do it. Now, I don't want to break your or ruin your day. So if you decide to not take the heavy lift and do the, the right way, you could still configure OpenDNS on your devices individually. So you can go and put those IP addresses, and we can have Bob rattle them off. 208.67.222.222 and 208.67.220.220. So when you go to your um, IP configuration of your network card of your individual computers, there's yep. an area that there's an area in the IP address configuration of a network card that talks about obtaining DNS IPs or having you place them statically. So you're okay. gonna 
uncheck obtain and and check that you want to type in these addresses and by default then if you put those in you will at least be surfing the internet more safely by using OpenDNS's IPs. Okay. The be- All right, I'll go ahead and do that then. I was just I was trying to I was being a little bit lazy there. Do you have kids in the and network? Excuse me? Do you have kids in the network that come on your network? No. You don't. don't. Okay. Because the beauty of using the OpenDNS tool through your firewall is that anybody that comes into your home, their systems by default when they get on your Wi-Fi would be protected and they would be restricted to your rules of yeah. you know Melissa's home as far as where you'd like mm-hmm. them to go or not go. Right, and I have guests that always log into my Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. too, so it's a good good plan. And then um, the other question I had is I have an older laptop, probably about three years old, that has Windows 8, I think it's 8.1 on it, and my new laptop has the 10. And I wanted to, I think, I think I do, I don't know. <laughs> I run my Quicken, uh, my QuickBooks on this older laptop. Mm-hmm. I don't do online banking with Quicken or anything like that, mm-hmm. Um I'm getting frustrated because Quicken keeps forcing me to upgrade, and it keeps attaching more and more requirements regarding, you know, I don't know, doing online banking. But I wanted to go to a Windows 10, but I'm afraid that doing that is somehow going to affect my Quicken, which is like a Quicken 2015 is what I'm running right now. I, I haven't upgraded the past couple of years because I keep reading bad reviews. Mm. And I'm afraid of corrupting or doing something with my should I just keep it at Windows 8 then? Oh, that's a lot of stuff there. So I know. Yeah. The answer is generally, if everything's working, you don't have to upgrade, right? So as an mm-hmm. IT guy, though, um, we always want you to have the latest and greatest because you should technically, by having the latest and greatest, be more protected. But if you listened and seen Microsoft and just talked about Intel screwing up processors for the past 20 years, you almost can't use that that line and and, and look at you in a straight face and say, having the latest and greatest, Melissa, is always the best. Because it's not. My, my always approach is, is the, pro, is the product working for you? And is it working properly? And if you don't have any issues with the product as it is, you don't have to upgrade. Um so if you've got good security like antivirus and you've got OpenDNS in place and you're happy with what you have, you don't have to make that change. Now, Quicken might offer you, you know, updates to their software that improve, you know, your calculations for whatever requirements are for your accounting needs that the newer years might give you. Um, so there's reasons there to upgrade. But I wouldn't rush out and do the Windows 10 upgrade if everything's working fine uh, my thought would be to move Quicken, a new version of Quicken in the future, to your new laptop, the Windows 10. Mm-hmm. See how that goes. Not affecting your production device, uh, side. Yeah. And that way you can say, oh, yeah, the new version works great. And then you can – that's how you move things back and forth that are in production, right? Yeah, trial it. Yeah. Yeah, that way you're now, not going to cause I, problems. If I stay with Windows 8 on the older older laptop, I haven't done any, like – I don't know what they call them, patches or anything like that. How Ooh. do I find that? Well, it's probably set automatically update. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, more than likely it's going to be automatic. But uh, what you can do is um, right-click on your computer uh, okay. and uh, choose properties. Yep. And you'll see that in the lower left-hand corner there's a uh, little link that's called Windows Update. And right. you can click on that. It'll open the update. And you can. Uh, there's an option to check now. You can go ahead and check, and then when it tells you how many there are, just uh, go ahead and click install. Now, will it automatically try to leapfrog me up to 10? No. 
Okay. No, because the free uh, 10 upgrade is gone. Right. All right. So it should just update the Windows 8 with security patches, and right. you should be doing those. And if you're not checking that off to happen automatically, you should. Okay. You, there's I always the risk. That. There's always a risk of them breaking something on the update, but um, you should be up. To, you want to be patched with any of the vulnerabilities that are out there of you know right. these operating. Well, systems. I think I stopped the auto updates because for a while there, I think they were they were forcing people over to ten, and yes. ten wasn't so great. Yes. And I think at that point I turned it off and I never turned it back on years later. Yeah, okay. no, that's probably true. And you know, Microsoft's approach to forcing that down people's throats, I mean, it really was horrible. It, it's, it's like Our, malicious, frankly. I mean, if you don't want to go to something, they shouldn't force it down your throat. Well, the throat. other thing is they were um, – people would t- say no and they'd auto, uh, upgrade them anyway. I know. And then after, then after 30 days, they would delete the, the old file and you couldn't go back. I know. So it's really. And I think a, a I heard approach. that on your show, and I think yeah. I went home and I turned it off. Yeah, we'll definitely turn All it back right. on. I don't blame okay. you for being uh, cautious, but you definitely want your updates to come down, Melissa. All right, great. Thanks so much for your help. Our pleasure. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, guys, we're going to be here till eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Four lines open on this first show of twenty eighteen. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. This is our first show of 2018. And uh, Dr. Lessie also will be in with Healthy Rounds, giving you a second opinion on your health advice. Got a four lines wide open. I know we said we weren't going to be here because I said I was going to be falling down a mountain in Vermont, but I had no idea how cold it was going to be. So, yes, I chickened out. And you can call me a wimp, but it's minus nine at the base of the mountain. You know how cold it is going to be at the top of Killington? I'm not doing it. So uh, we're here to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And, of course, we've got emails here. We've got some folks who sent some emails in to get help at tabinc.com. And one of them has to do with an iPhone question. Right, Bob? Yes. What's the question? Okay. Cindy sent us an email, and she says, can, I, can an iPhone get a virus? I continually get pop-ups saying I've won an Amazon gift card. Mm-hmm. I want to download my photos from my phone to my computer, right. but I don't want to load a virus onto my computer. And she realizes that she didn't win a gift card for anything. That's, well, that's her concern. That's her that's pop-up true. concern. So, Cindy, the answer is technically I would say yes, an iPhone can get a virus. They're rare, um, but they can. But I would bet that you, sh- you're, you should be okay to connect your iPhone to your computer to download your pictures, and you should. Um, if, you, if you don't know where your pictures are – and if you haven't set them up to go up to the iCloud, um, you if you want to make sure the, the pictures are saved or protected somewhere else, you should connect your phone via your um, cable, I think is how you do it with these uh, Apple devices, and go over to iTunes and move your pictures to your local PC. You should be comfortable to know that you're probably fine. The pop-ups are going to occur on Apple devices in general, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're infected with a virus. But you can get viruses. There are antivirus programs out there you can purchase for Apple devices. Uh, Webroot has software for AV. I think ESET does as well. So if you want to be sure, you can put those programs on your device and scan. Um, but it's better to get those pictures off just in case, especially if you're not using the synchronization to the cloud. Uh, the Apple will then charge you when you go over a certain amount of space <laughs> for um, to protect your pictures. So thanks for that email and that question. Uh, let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Karen in Windsor. Hey, Karen, what's up? Hi, guys. How are you today? Doing fine. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, My Windows 7 machine 
is beginning to die a slow death. Sure. And I just bought a Windows 10 machine. Both of them are Hewlett Packard. Yep. And but I like the Windows 7 interface. Wasn't oh, yeah. there a shell for Windows 10 so you could use essentially Windows 7? Yeah. Could you uh, could you tell me what about the shell? Yep. Yeah, it gives you the classic look of uh, Windows 7. Yeah. It's called Classic Shell. Okay. So we'll put a link up for you. Thank you. And is it just a, a simple download or? Generally. Yeah, it's just a download. It's free. Good. The, it's nice at twice the price. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now, the thing too, Karen, have you tried Windows 10 yet? I have not. So before you go through that shell, just try learning 10 a little bit. You might find that you don't need the shell. Okay. You know, there's nothing wrong um, with putting that on there should you find yourself just not able to be productive with the new interface. But 10, you know, got rid of the Metro interface forcing you to show that the tiles, you can go right to a desktop. It's a little more more 7-ish versus the first version of 10 that came out. So you might be able to just navigate it without that shell. Okay, I'll definitely do that. Good. Um, And I'll check the website later. Yeah, we'll put it up there for you. Thank you so much. You got it, Karen. Have a warm day. (laughs) We'll try. Thanks. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Um, yeah, Classic Shell is a great alternative to give you that old flavor of Windows 7, that nostalgic flavor <laughs> for how the icons looked. Thankfully, we're not looking for Windows XP Classic Shell. Let's go on to Charles in Hartford. Hey, Charles. Good morning. How are you? Doing fine. How are you, sir? Not too bad. Uh, I keep getting this, uh, it's like a big telephone call. Yeah. Stating that they just placed something on my computer and give me a number to call. Uh, I wonder if that's a scam or what, what's going on. It's a scam, sir. Okay. Yeah. No, nobody will ever call you from a legitimate company, no matter what company they are, uh, saying that you've got this. I always joke about it being, if you remember the old joke, you, do you have Prince Albert in a can? Mm. You know? And that's the old joke, you know. This is the same thing. Do you have a virus on your on your computer? We think you do. Here's a number to call. And what they're going to do is trick you into getting access to your computer. They're going to go over to an area on your computer that looks like it has issues, which it doesn't. Then they're going to ask you for a credit card to fix your computer, even though okay. there's no problem. Um, this is a very common scam out there. Um, the same way if somebody knocked on your door and said they're from the water company, they want to check your pipes. Uh, that scam happens a lot too, right? People walk yeah. around trying to get in, and then one guy's talking to you while the other guy's robbing you. Um, mm. Same thing well, happens when it comes to these phone call scams. So, okay, that's what I was thinking. Right, and don't don't worry about it at all. If you want to, if you want to have, if you've got nothing to do today, and you want to give them a hard time, you could call them and just waste their time on the phone. Use their toll free number and say, you know, but just don't ever let them on your computer. They are scammers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling, sir. All right. Have a blessed day. You too. All right. So that's a very common scam, guys. Don't ever, ever fall for that stuff. It's a it's baloney. Um, we get so many of those folks that get those calls. Bob, you were getting those calls too. Hey, we're from Microsoft. Yeah, I'd even tell them that I don't have a computer in my house, and then they would argue with me <laughs> that I did. <laughs> we believe, we think you do, sir. <laughs> Uh, That's yeah. not what our records say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, record schmeckers. Um, it's a big scam, and it's a problem. Um, you know, we, there's also a thing called swatting out there. Um, there's a the story in the news where some some guy uh, you might have heard it heard about it. They spoofed somebody else's phone number um, with the technology called voice over IP uh, in order to allow for nine one one to work properly. 
you have to configure phone numbers with proper addresses, especially when you have voice over IP, so that when you do call 911, the police and fire and folks know where you are to come and help you, right? Well, this thing called swatting has been happening where the the uh, bad guy, let's say, will put in and spoof your phone number and address, call the police and say, hey, I'm holed up here. I am, I've got hostages, yada, yada, yada. And that'll actually uh, trigger the SWAT team to come to your house. Well, this one guy did this and got an innocent man killed uh, by the SWAT uh, folks because you know, they came to the house and thought the guy was doing something bad. So technology is not always our friend here. The voice over IP technology allows for this spoofing to happen. And uh, we got to work on that because there needs to be a way to address these packets uh, so that people can know where they're really coming from. And so hopefully we can make some improvements there and end swatting. I'll put a link up there as far as this story that I'm talking about. And uh, it's, it's sad, uh, but the technology out there allows people to really play games with, with our law enforcement. And, of course, they can play games with you when they call you to try to trick you into selling you something or what have you. We're going to step out for a quick break. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Three lines open. Feel free to get online. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We'll be right back. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.